This episode is sponsored by The Alcohol Experiment, a free 30-day challenge designed to interrupt your patterns, give you control, restore your health, and put you back in touch with the version of you who doesn't need alcohol to cope, relax, or enjoy life. More than 220,000 people have already tried The Alcohol Experiment for themselves and have seen improved sleep, increased happiness, reduced anxiety, and so much more. Join thousands in this inspiring, hopeful, and exciting program where you examine your beliefs and reconnect with the best version of you without ever feeling like you're missing out. Start today for free at alcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I'm here with Tony. Hi, Tony. How are you? Good, Annie. How are you? I'm so good. Good to see you. So um, why don't you sort of take us back to the beginning in your relationship with alcohol? Where did it all start for you? Yeah. Well, you know, my, my story is not like a, a lot of others. I didn't really start drinking in high school or college, although I do have two small stories that stick out related to alcohol that as I've been through this journey kind of bubbled up through the work, but uh, like one of the very first times I drank, I remember I was like a senior in high school, which for some that's kind of late to the game, but for me, I just wasn't, I just, what it didn't interest me. And so my senior year, I got invited to a house party and I I went down to the basement at my friend's house and I remember stopping to get a Whopper Junior. Uh, I don't know why, but I wanted one for Burger King. And so I get to this party and my friends are drinking and a lot of them smoked. I was never a smoker. And I remember feeling like really left out because I didn't smoke cigarettes. And so like I walk into this party and I'm like, well, hand me a drink. So I'm going to date myself a little bit, but they handed me a Zima. And so... (laughs) Yeah. They had a Viaziva and, and then they handed, I'm like, well, I want, I want, I wanted to like fit in with my friends and smoke a cigarette and drink the Zima. So I drink part of the Zima. I smoke one drag of the cigarette. I don't even know how well I inhaled it. And that Whopper Jr. came right up on my friend's basement floor. That was like my first experience. Like with both cigarettes and alcohol. And I was like, so immediately my body, my brain was like, Nope. And I moved on. Like, I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, I'm a, I'm a, you know, senior in high school, this is normal. And so I go off to college and my freshman year of college, I was visiting some friends that went to a different school than I did. They, uh, I don't know what, what started. It was like with the football team. And so I drank peach schnapps that night and I drank my, I'm not, I wasn't a drinker, so I wasn't used to it. And I got really sick and I was like, okay, like now this is twice now that this has happened. Like I see the pattern, but it wasn't, you know, front of mind. I'm like, okay, this is what college kids do. I pick up, I move on with my life. Don't think anything of it. I didn't really drink in college that much. I, uh, I was too busy focused on my career. I um, got married right out of college. I started a family in my early twenties and I really focused in on, on my career and raising my family. And so my 20s was was that. And by the time I was rounding out my 20s and turning 30, I uh, I w- just wasn't happy in my marriage. I felt very alone in it. And there was nothing like wrong with it. And I think on the outside, most people would have thought, wow, this is great. You know, we've got, I had it all. And you're going to hear that theme in my story. That was definitely my governing belief that I, I wanted to have it all, right? I, the career, the husband, the house, the dog, the kids. And, uh, but I wasn't happy. And so I ended the marriage at almost, I was 29 and a half. And that's in hindsight, when I started to use alcohol to cope, 
That was the, and I tried to find that imaginary line I crossed. It took me years to connect that dot. So I, I make it sound simple right now, but it took a long time. And so I slipped into this part of my life because then I had to share custody with my kids. And I also came just for background. I came from a very Catholic family. My husband uh, at the time from a very Catholic family, his brother is a Catholic priest. He married us. He baptized our children. And so for he and I to get divorced was a very big deal. Mm -hmm. And I carried a ton of guilt and shame around that. Um, my parents were really cool about it, but it was just more like, I felt like I was doing something wrong. It was, I mean, talk about cognitive dissonance, but on a different level, it was just, it was challenging. So I, and then I had my kids part-time now. So all of a sudden I'm divorced. I'm turning 30. I'm a part-time parent. I have free time now. I don't, you know, so it was like, okay, so this starts my thirties. And I would say in the six years from like 30 to 36, 37, the, the time I didn't have my kids, that was my time where this habit of drinking really crept up. And mm -hmm. so I could be single and I really dove into my fitness, my passion on fitness and nutrition and building my career, but not in that, that was more of a hobby. So I was doing endurance races like marathons and half marathons and triathlons. Uh, but in that, that culture of triathlon endurance sports, it's a work hard, play hard. Mm -hmm. So you go out for these races and you, and you, you know, the reward is the, the beer at the finish line, or at least that was my, my dialogue. And mm -hmm. so I was dating in that time. I ended up um, getting remarried and we both lived in this world of, of this work hard, play hard mentality. Slowly, my drinking became daily, mm -hmm. but it was in a way that felt normal. It mm -hmm. felt like Oh, I see it on TV this way. I watch Sex in the City. This is what they do. You know, I I watch what I, I mean, it was all over the place. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm really normal. And so I'd have two or three glasses of wine a night, you know, nothing. I didn't get drunk or anything or feel that way. It just felt like sophistication. I felt happy in my new life. I remarried, my kids, I'm part-time. We were in this blended family. Everything's great. Well, the bottles of wine that would come home turned to boxes. And the next day when I get up to go to work, I'd start to pat myself on the back when um, I didn't have a headache or I remember putting like pouring wine down the sink, which would happen once in a blue moon. Um, the drinking on weekends became heavier. It became more um, like, let's see how drunk we can get. And then the blackout started. Mm -hmm. And and it was about my mid 30s. I remember it vividly. I think around 35, 36, I was sitting in my house on a Sunday morning and hungover after a Saturday night doing God knows what. And um, it was the first time I Googled, am I an alcoholic? Mm. And it was, I, I mean, I remember that day. I mean, it was, it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay. And I wanted an answer, but of course I didn't get one because right. that's, <laughs> that stuff is like, you know, it basically it's up to you. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute, where, how do you know? Like, cause there's no, it's not like a pregnancy test. It's not like you, you pee on a stick and they tell you. And so I, that started the, the inner dialogue. Like, I wonder if you have a problem. Like I, I moved right from asleep to aware and, but I didn't know it then. I, I, I just was like, okay. And I just moved on. I kept justifying, you know, you're working full time. You're sharing custody of your children you're doing these really hard races, you're, ba you're balancing all this stuff, you're volunteering in the community. This is normal, Tony, you're, this is totally normal. Mm -hmm. 
And in that time frame too, I also started a new career in, in professional sports. And that was a whole other level of being around booze. I mean, it, it's not only are you, I mean, you're in arenas, so you're not only around it in the professional, and this is professional hockey, but I was selling the advertising for these sponsors as well. So, I mean, it was very normal to go to lunch or go out after work and meet with these sponsors who are selling these products and drinking their product because you want, we want to sell it to brand our arena in. And so that just added more of the dialogue in my head around, well, you got to keep up with the guys. You're in a male dominated industry. Um, you know, you're learning this whole new world of professional sports. This is what they do. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So one of my big turning points was in my mid 30, but I think I was 37 or so. And um, I was visiting some family up North. I'm from um, Southern Michigan, visiting some people up North in the summer, some family. And um, we were drinking all day. And I remember being very proud of myself because I had a coffee at dinner. And I remember being like, okay, good for you, Tony. Like that was, that was a sign that I didn't have a problem because mm-hmm. I could, I could have that coffee and, and not constantly drink back to back. And we went back after dinner and played some cards. Everyone wanted to go to bed. And I was like, nope, because for me, alcohol is like rocket fuel. It was just like, it, it would, um, it was hard to get me to stop. And, um, and I had every intention to, but I just couldn't. So I went downstairs to the hotel bar and at some point they tried to cut me off and I did not like that. And it turned into a big altercation. And I told them I was staying there at the hotel and they didn't believe me. And I, I couldn't find the key to the room and I couldn't get a hold of my husband because he was sleeping. And so I told them to arrest me and they did. So the police officers were wearing body cams, um, which is a whole other story because I actually ended up watching that video about a year later, but Mm -hmm. I woke up in jail charged with trespassing, which ironically, I wasn't trespassing, but I was, I was drunk. And so that was so shameful, like just so, I mean, to to think, I I tell the story often now, but um, at the time, I just couldn't imagine. And at the time, my husband was a police officer. Mm. And so it was just like, you know, it was a lot. So I was like, well, you were questioning this, Tony. So you got your answer. Now you are clearly an alcoholic. So the pendulum swung right over there. And as soon as we got home, I went to an AA meeting and I spent 15 months in AA. And I also went to an IOP intensive outpatient program. Um, I was in group therapy. I mean, I did the whole thing because I'm like, I want to get, I'm a problem solver. I want to get my arms wrapped around this. And so I dove right in. And so I was 90 meetings, 90 days. I got a sponsor. I was chairing meetings. I was on the board. I was like, I am going to get as, I've read the big book. I'm going to get as involved as possible because I have a lot to learn. I was super curious, which would serve me later. Um, But what was interesting around the one year mark of being sober in AA, I started to have these thoughts and the thoughts were a lot around, um, I'm different than these people around the tables. I don't, um, 
this methodology doesn't quite sit right with me. I would question a lot of it because some of it just didn't make sense. Um, I, I didn't grow up in a household where I didn't grow up around alcoholics. I didn't grow up like I grew up very normal. Um, and so I'm like, I, I wasn't created in a vacuum. It was just, it didn't make, so I had all these thoughts and I, because they were my thoughts, I assumed they were true. Mm -hmm. And, um, so after three months of having these thoughts, almost every single day, a fifth at the 15 months of being sober, I was, I drank and in AA, which I knew at the time was like, okay, well, I just threw 15 months right out the window. And so we're going for it. So at that point I became a drinker again, and I spent three more years from there in this cycle of trying to what I call moderate. <laughs> that was my moderation it, because it, I wasn't moderating. I was right. my body just one of the first times I drank, I was so sick. I was so sick. It, and I just, I'm like, well, I got to build my tolerance back up. And I mean, I, I made every excuse in the book. And so yeah. there were times where I'm like, I would wake up sometimes after these binges and I'd be like, I need to go back to a, but I didn't want to, because it felt that label was just so like, I'm like, that's not me. How could that be me? I, you know, like I pay my mortgage. I have these great kids. I, whatever I can get up and exercise. Clearly. I, I mean, I'm not that bad. I had every, like everything that I, I had it all wrong. So, so about three years on the dot. I went on a girl's trip. I'm back up North in Michigan and, and I'm on this girl's weekend. It was October, 2020. And I, uh, I, um, uh, it was just this, this is what you do in Michigan. You go to a cabin on a lake in the fall and you drink pumpkin spice lattes in the morning. And then you go to wineries and you hang out with your girlfriends and whatever. And I'm sitting around the bonfire and I remember being really proud of myself the first two nights because I remember going to bed. I, I was really proud that I didn't black out. And I remember telling my husband that too. And um, the third night I'm sitting around and it just, it just felt off. Not because I was drunk. I was, but I'm like, what, looking at the other women around the bonfire, I'm like, why am I, why can't I be like that? Why can I not get my arms wrapped around this? Like I have all these great things going on in my life. And I can't figure this out. It's like a Rubik's cube where I get all the sides in the right color. And then I flip over the bottom and it's a mess. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And I was, so I went to bed. I didn't sleep well, texted my husband the next day. And I said, I, I'm going to take a 30 day break. And he texted me back and he goes, did something bad happen? And I said, no, I go nothing. I mean, it was pretty uneventful. I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. And he's like, are you sure this isn't just one of your Tony, you know, where you're just like hung over. So you're saying you're going to take this break. I'm like, no, I really mean it. I said, but I don't want to go back to AA. And he's like, well, you do. I mean, it's just a break. You do whatever you want. So I stopped and I came home and for the first week, week and a half, because I worked from home full time at that point, because the pandemic had shut this pro sports was like, we weren't bringing thousands of people indoors at this point. Cause it was early on. So we were working from home and I was just, I was emotionally miserable because I didn't know how the heck I was going to do this without walking back into those rooms. And by the way, I still to this day have wonderful friends that I made back then that I'm still friends with now. I just didn't agree with the methodology. Mm -hmm. I remember 
when I was in, this was in 2016, 17, when I was in AA, someone mentioned the book, This Naked Mind to me. And I remember it in passing and I didn't do anything about it and whatever. So I'm sitting there around day 15 alcohol-free now at this point in October, the very end of October, 2020. And so I Google, I'm like, all right, let me see what methodologies are out there. I'm sure I'm not going to find anything. And this is how clueless I was. So I Google and this naked mind comes up and I'm like, oh, I remember that someone mentioned that to me years ago. So I get on Amazon, I order your book and it, it recommended three books. So I'm like, why not? I'll, re- I'll get the alcohol experiment, this naked mind. And I don't know if it's a companion journal or whatever. So I got all three and I got your book. I read it and I'm like, yeah, here we go. I can, I can do this. This is, and it was these, it was changing the language, right? Instead of sober, alcohol free. I'm a complete rebel. How feeding into that rebel personality of mine, like how, like all of what you wrote, I was like, yes, this is what I need. So in November of 2020, I joined the live alcohol experiment because I had that book. So I'm like, what's this? I'll look it up. So I looked it up. I'm like, oh, they're starting one. So I'm like, 47 bucks. This is a deal. I'm in. So I did the live alcohol experiment. And from there, one of the things I always wanted to do uh, was help other people who struggle with this. I was two months alcohol free, sitting on top of the world. And then uh, I got an email about potentially applying to be a coach. And I'm like, God, I've always wanted to do this. So I apply. In November of 2021, a year later from the time I participated in the live alcohol experiment, I was then coaching in it. It was one of the coolest full circle moments I have had in my life. Um, And to be able to like really help others and inspire them to tell them a year ago, I was sitting in your, in that chair. I was you. And, and here's how much can be accomplished in 12 short months. And I know it feels like a long time, but I promise you it's so worth it. It's such a privilege to be alcohol free. It's not a punishment. And so, um, and that was, that was a while back. And uh, so now I've been alcohol free, gosh, over two, two, two plus years now. And um, I, I love it. I, I truly, like I said, I, it is a privilege and I, uh, I can't imagine, uh, I can't imagine going back. And, and one of the things I've done differently, and I talk about this when I coach a lot is I, t- I talk, I tell my story. Mm-hmm. I used to keep it so close to me. And I know that's hard for a lot of people, but it's true when you expose and talk about it, like it, and you can frame it however you want, but because I was willing to share, I mean, it has freed me from all of this. And, um, I've been very open with my children about it. I have three teenagers, 20, 18 and 16. And, um, just really any, I put on social media, I put it wherever. And cause I knew rebel Tony, if I didn't talk about it, she'd find a loophole. Yeah. So I worked on closing my loopholes. <laughs> and here so, we are. That's well, amazing. And what a cool thing. I mean, I love that so much that, you know, um yeah, I feel like gosh, when you're when you have a profound mindset shift and you feel super certain, you know, it doesn't I always say and I know I'm sure we had this conversation in the coach certification like time doesn't really matter because you have um you just know, you know, you you see things differently. And, you know, if, if I just don't desire to drink something like motor oil, it's not going to be that I'm tempted to drink it next month. Cause it's, you know, or if I have like, it just, 
it's it's looking at things kind of through the wrong, not maybe the wrong for everybody, but through the um through not through the lens that sort of we like to look at them. So yeah. Really- yeah, it's it's been a profound change. And and I remember when I was going through the coaching, I was like kind of concerned that I was two months alcohol free. And I'm like, maybe I don't have enough time, but because I was so close to it, it was easier to draw off those experiences as I, as I learned that content. And it was, it was amazing. It was worth every, every moment. And uh, one of the best decisions I ever made for sure in my life. And I've made a lot of cool, I've done a lot of cool things, but choosing to be alcohol free and then working with this naked mind has been one of the best ones by far. Oh, that's so great. So what, what sort of things, how has it been socially for you? Well, because I ripped the bandaid off at day 80 is when I posted on social media, it was right at the end of 2020. And I thought, you know, this is a good time as we're moving into the new year. So I just posted on social media, a picture of me. My friend happened to snap a picture of me um, trying a dirty martini. And I was, I was a wine drinker. So she happened to snap a picture of me drinking this dirty martini and it was gross. And so I, I was making this face and she, so I use this picture because it was it was perfect. People thought I staged it. I'm like, no, that was really me. And I just talked about, cause my anxiety was part of the story too. Like, so at the same time I gave up alcohol, I gave up caffeine. And so I was, cause it was like bookends for me. I'd ramp up with caffeine and then wind down with wine. And so I stripped up, stripped out caffeine at that time too. So I just told that story and, and really I left it open-ended like I'm 80 days alcohol and caffeine free. I I'm going to keep going. And mm-hmm. then I would post up periodically and just share about my journey and, and where I was going, but not to the point of like ad nauseum, but it, it helped when I was out socially because it was, they're like, Oh, you, you know, someone would just bring it up to me because I was so open about it. They're like, Oh, you stopped drinking. I'm like, yeah. And, and ironically though, people wanted to talk to me more about the caffeine than the alcohol, which was always an interesting dialogue. <laughs> That's so interesting. They're like, how did you give up caffeine? And I'm like, well, that one was a lot easier for me than alcohol. So if you want to talk about alcohol, I can talk about that a lot more. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. That's so interesting. And then how has it been in your family? Um, so my husband's not a, a big drinker. Um, I've been, it's been really effortless. You know, my kids are just really proud of me. Um, and I said very early on to to all of them, because I'm a pretty transparent person, like I'm doing this for me. I love everyone in my life, but this is for me. And because I'm doing this for me, I'm going to be a better wife, a better mom, a better leader, a better daughter, sister, aunt, whatever. And, and that has shown my family has been tremendously supportive. And then like my extended family through marriage or my aunts and uncles, they, who I don't see that often when I do see them, they're just like, they're really like, it's really cool that you're talking about this, Tony, and you're helping other people. And and really inspired by it. So it's, it's definitely been, it's been way more uplifting than I thought it would be, but it's really around how it's framed, right? It's, it's not, there's nothing wrong with me. And it took me a long time to figure that out. I love that so much. And so then how has, how has it been sort of as a coach helping other people? Oh man, I tell you, if that doesn't fill my cup better than anything, I mean, more than anything, it's been to the people that I have met, it has been amazing. And what, whether it's fellow coaches or my clients on the, that I'm working with, it has been so rewarding and, um, 
just to be able to to help and to understand their story and their journey and uh, really truly be able to I've walked in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's truly been nothing better. I'm, you know, when I thought I wanted to have it all back when I was drinking and I was trying to desperately figure that Rubik's cube out, I have it all now without alcohol more than I ever thought I could. And every goal I set for myself, I've hit. And uh, a lot of it's because I don't drink and I'm just really living this life. I'm happy. I have peace of mind, which was my number one goal, peace of mind. Most days. (laughs) I love that so much. So let me ask you sort of the two questions we finished this up with, which is first of all, where can people find you if they're interested in your coaching? So they can find me at mindfulnesselevated.com. And so I, the funny story about that, when I was picking my business name, uh, mindfulness is a big part of my journey. And so I was, I was toying around with different names and um, I chose mindfulness elevated because if you just take the first two initials, it makes me, and -hmm. that's why I did this was for me. So mindfulnesselevated.com is on uh, where you guys can find me. Oh, that's great. And then um, finally, Tony, if you were going to sort of go back in time and talk to the girl who woke up, you know, in the jail cell and tell her about what life is like now, what would you say? I would just say, Tony, trust your gut. Like this is going to be a wild ride. It's going to be hard, but you're going to make the right decisions. You're smart. You got this and listen to yourself. I love that so much. We think so often that like, we're not to be trusted with our own well-being or our own lives. And I think that that is unfortunately a very common narrative in our society, but, and we fear, we, we fear that if we just trust ourselves or we let ourselves off the hook, or we are nice to ourselves and kind to ourselves that we're going to end up like, you know, on the street corner, um, four bottles in, you know, passed out, whatever. But like, the truth is, is like, we are very trustworthy with our own well-being, but the path to that is kindness and compassion. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard. It's hard to, to work on that, but once you get there, oh, it feels, it feels good and maintenance it. Yeah, Yeah. it's possible. So great. Well, thank you so much, Tony. This has just been awesome. Is there anything else you want to add? No, it's been a pleasure. This, this was another one of the things I wanted to, to do accomplish and it's, I don't, it's pretty awesome. So anyone that listens to this, you can do this seriously. It's amazing. So good. So good. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Annie. Have you tried the alcohol experiment? Okay, if not, drop everything and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash experiment. This free 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You remember it was that version of you that's living your most joyful life, the version that doesn't need alcohol to relax or to have a good time and is having more fun than ever. And again, this is a totally free challenge that will change everything for you. So learn more and join me 100% free at thisnakedmind.com forward slash experiment. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.